Welcome to I Love That Record. We are back again. Eric Jorgensen, that's me, and my friend John Beckman here to talk about the albums that we love and probably way too much obsessive detail. John, thanks for joining me again tonight. How are you doing, buddy? I'm doing well, man. How are you? I am fan freaking tastic. I think we had a great episode last time talking about Bleacher's Strange Desire. That was my pick. We're going to talk about your pick tonight, but before we get there, what are you drinking this time? I am drinking a fantastic Kirkland Light from awesome. our, over at Costco. I, I think that you drank one of those a few episodes ago, and I think it worked pretty well <laughs> for you. So I'm, I'm hoping that it's going to do the same for you tonight as you talk about your pick. Um, I am drinking, again, a Windsor and Diet Coke. It's kind of my go-to for, for late-at-night podcast recording. And I, I have a LaCroix with me as well again. So it's kind of my my uh, double double fisting moment, I guess. Yikes. <laughs> wonderful i love it so without further ado i think we probably have to reveal your pick um here it is what do you got for us john what are we talking about tonight today i've got a wonderful album that uh my friend eric jorgensen you may know him uh introduced me to i heard he's a douchebag but uh, that's just what i've heard takes a little bit uh yeah he's an acquired taste the layers of the onion yep <laughs> uh uh, my pick is Islands by the British folk rock band Bears Den. Oh, what a great pick, John. I was. Thank you. I knew uh, I'd make you happy with this one. You did. Well, you, you made me happy and made me sad. Um, happy because it is a great friggin' record. Sad because I didn't get to pick it, but I'm here with you. So as I want to do, I'm sure I'm going to talk way too much about it. Um, but this is your episode. So I want to give you the chance to kind of kick things off and, and, uh, kind of take it where you want to take it before I start jabbering too much. Hey man, I like it when you jabber. I like listening to you. Well, thank you. So, I appreciate yeah, that. Fresh off of me. So, uh, well, to give everyone a little background on Bears Den, um, I'm guessing if you don't know Bears Den, you, you may know Mumford and Sons. And while not a direct uh, or exact replica, I think that'd be probably the closest band that I would say that that someone the the layman might might know. Especially uh, Mumford, as of like I don't know eh, five years, five ten years ago, like the folky yeah. Mumford, like of their first really popular yes. record. And I believe yep. that they were on the same record label, or there's a connection there. I think it's a record label started by a guy from Mumford and Sons. And they've toured together as well, I believe. Yep. So two of, uh, I believe two of, so this, this record and the following record were released on communion records. And I believe it's a label started by, uh, one of the members of this band and one of the guys from Mumford and Sons. So, oh, okay. I don't I think don't I even realized that it was a Bears Den guy that was, um, which one specifically. Oh yeah. Kevin Jones. Look at that. No shit. There you go. God, I'm swearing a lot. These last two uh, episodes. So I might get in trouble with <laughs> Tim Cook. Sorry, Tim. That's awesome. That's really cool. Yeah. Who would, would it be the FCC we have to answer to? We might have to. Censoring <laughs> fees or whatever. I don't know. I suppose we're not on broadcast television, so I think we'll be good. I think we're all right. Yeah. Tim Cook is the lord over the podcast. So, <laughs> And so that is, uh, as I said, it's Kevin Jones, and he is a multi-instrumentalist in the band. He um, sings a little bit of backup. Um, he plays some guitar, and he plays bass and, and drums when needed. Yep, for sure. Jack of all, jack of all trades, as I think a lot of them are actually. This is true. I think they're all yep. very multi-talented. 
Yeah, so and Andrew Davies the the lead vocalist, um, but I know he's he's also listed at uh, electric guitar and acoustic guitar uh, among other things. So yes, yep. And uh, Joey Haynes is the the third member that is on this. Album, <sighs> yeah, Joey. Who unfortunately uh, left the band. Um, I believe right before their the follow up to this one was released. I yep. think he's on that record, but but did not tour with them for that for that record. I so. think that is correct. Yeah. And I'm not sure why he left the band. I'm, I'm guessing as they're getting, I'm guessing it was a family thing, but I don't know. From what know. I read, it was just too much with the touring. I mean, Bears Den, yeah. um, for the past, I guess, three to four years, as they've kind of become more and more well-known, have just toured incessantly. Um, yes. For being a band that is not huge by any stretch of imagination, I think I've seen them five or six times here in Minneapolis, <laughs> which awesome. is awesome. crazy. When you think about it, they've just, they've been through basically twice a year for the past however many years. So, uh, yeah, I think it's about six times now that I've seen him. And I think it just became too much. I think the way he put it was, you know, you miss birthdays, you miss weddings. Like when you're on the road all the time, you know, your life back home moves on without you. And I think that was really hard for him. Yeah. I think it's that, it's that much harder with them being from London where, you know, if they're touring the U S it's not like, Hey, I'm from Minnesota and I have a show in. Right. Des Moines, uh, Florida, but I can fly back. Yeah. Des Moines. And I can fly back or drive back for, you know, some family member's wedding or a birthday or whatever it is, but right. it's hard to, to skip across the pond back and forth. Oh, that'll wear on someone. And one of the cool things about Joey, uh, the, the guy who left, as we mentioned, he played banjo and sang. Um, yes. so that was kind of their thing. Like it's, yeah. they were a trio, uh, and one of the guys played banjo and it added really interesting element um, cause it wasn't like country music style finger picking banjo. It was more melodic, almost playing it like a lead guitar to add to, uh, to songs and kind of provide little melodic, uh, interludes and maybe even a little bit of lead, like at the beginning of maybe one of the songs that we'll be talking about. Spoiler alert. Um, so definitely, a, um, I don't know. It was kind of a novelty element to the band. Um, and then yeah. the multi-instrumental aspect, I think, was also novelty because um, I remember particularly in one song uh, that is not on this record, Don't Let the Sun Steal You Away, which is a great song from a, a previous EP. The drummer, Kevin Jones, would play drums and play bass at the same time. So he would use his mallet to play his bass strings and then go to do his drumming and then he'd go back and play the bass and do the drum. It was just insane to watch. It was really cool. Um, so, yeah, very, very interesting musical approach for this band. Yeah, for sure. So I guess I think one of the one of the other notes I want to make on I guess Bearsden as a as a whole. Uh, it was actually earlier this week I was playing. I, I started playing Islands for uh, a coworker of mine, and he said it it reminded him a lot of the Proclaimers, which I I never got from from listening to them. And I guess I'm not really sh- I'm still not really sure where that came from. But uh, if anyone's familiar with the Proclaimers, they're their big song is, is it just called 500 Miles? I think so. And then I think yeah. it's Wanna Be in parentheses. Wanna Be, that's right. Yep. I think. I think uh, you're right. Or, I sorry, so, it's uh, I'm Gonna Be and then 500 Miles is in uh, parentheses. Uh, okay. Cool. Huh. I, I yeah, would not I, have made that connection. Okay. I was going to ask you, yeah, I was going to get your take on that. See if, if you agreed. I, I'll, I'll have to ping him again to see what, uh, what exactly he, he got from that. But I, I mean, mean does he the, listen to other proclaimer songs and maybe the rest of them or other ones? <laughs> I mean, I didn't know that they had other songs, but of course they do. 
Uh, they are Scottish, so I guess that kind of makes sense. And actually, I think Bear's Den itself is in Scotland. Like, I think that's a place, um, I believe. It's yeah. also a hole-in-the-wall bar restaurant on the way to somewhere in deep in Wisconsin. I oh, remember well, there you go. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The Bear's Den. Yeah, it's a town. It's all one word. Bear's Den is a town in East uh, something that I can't pronounce, Scotland. Nice. <laughs> yeah, that's really interesting. I mean, I, how would you describe if, if you weren't using the proclaimers as an example? How would you describe Bears Den and their sound? You call them like pop folk kind of, but uh, folk, folk rock, I think would be the, the, the best, um, especially on this record, right? Especially on this record. So, I mean, I, I don't want to keep mentioning Mufford and Sons, but I guess kind of think Mufford and Sons, but, but very toned down from that. It's not the, it's not the souped up banjo going crazy. It's a, uh, yeah, it's a very, it's, it's more laid back, I think, I would say. Um, yeah, I think folk, folk rock would be, would be the best way I, I, I could describe it. Sure. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah, I think I first heard them actually from the, uh, the, the, I guess, boyfriend of the time, now husband of one of my wife's co-residents as we started uh, her residency program. This guy was telling me, we were just talking about music, and he said I had to listen to this band called Bear's Den. And it's like, oh, that sounds interesting. Okay. And he told me about this song called Elysium, and there was this video that had an interesting story behind it, which we might talk about in a little bit. Um but at the time, this album, Islands, wasn't out yet because this was in early 2014. And uh, there were two other EPs that were available, and I just I devoured them, and I just couldn't stop listening to these guys. And they were actually coming to town pretty quick, and we went to see them. And then Islands came out, and it was just one of those perfect situations where this record comes out, and it just blows me away. Like, you know, That doesn't always happen because you'll hear stuff from a band that's already out there. You'll think, ah, that's great. I love this. I want more. And then they release an album and it's like, ah, it's okay. But this was not at all the case. This, this album just hit me perfectly at the right time, right place. And it was exactly what I was looking for. And it was a fully realized version of what I had heard on those EPs and just fantastic. And I started kind of like with bleachers, which we talked about last episode. I just started telling basically everybody I knew about them <laughs> and, and trying to get them hooked as well. Like I was. And I think that's where I came in. I think that that's probably when, when you introduced me to them. I, yeah, I, I think you're probably right. And so what yeah. did you think when you first first listened to them and first heard this record? Uh there was there's something about his songwriting and his voice. Um it it uh there's something really catchy about it, but it's not catchy in the bleachers strange desire catchy. Um It's kind of a weird description, but I, I don't know if you if you get what I'm trying to say there. Um there's something that just draws you in, I think, with his storytelling and yes. his voice and his, um, yeah. I mean, he, he, the way he, his lyrics just come to life, I think. And, uh, yeah, it's a perfect, just put your headphones on, um, sit back on the couch, lay down in bed, whatever, and just lose yourself in the music. It, it uh, it's such a fun, um, not really fun with the subject matter, but. It's a it's a really great uh, record to listen to. It is, it, and it, like Strange Desire, it's not that long. It's ten songs, forty two minutes. Um, so it's it's not it's not something that's going to drag on forever. Like you can listen to it in one sitting really easily, even in our modern era of really short attention spans. And you mentioned the uh, the subject matter of the songs, and something I think is so funny is that the lead singer, um, <laughs> uh, it was Andrew Davy, almost always calls out in concert like. 
in his in his awesome British voice, which I kind of want to do. I'll try here. He says something like, "We always do such sad songs," <laughs> or something like, "Our songs are so sad," and it's true. Like they are very very sad. Um, but there's something about the melodies. I think keeps it from being a huge downer. I mean, it's definitely quieter music. Like it's not going to be something you listen sure. to out at a club, trying to pick up people. Uh, but. <laughs> It, at the same well, time, hey, you know, yeah, some uh, people might actually. That's true. I was just gonna uh, for one of my picks. There, there's an interesting story uh, behind one of my picks that Ooh. sort of relates to what you said. So. I cannot wait to hear that. So yeah. they they sing these sad songs. Definitely, the lyrics are very sad, um, but there's still something uplifting usually about the melodies. And something that I've noticed about their songs is that the melodies are pretty straightforward, and they tend to repeat a lot. But it doesn't get boring. I don't think like there's. It's almost like a, they're like nursery rhymes in a way, but for adults, cause they're sad. And the music itself is so f- textured and fully realized. Like the production yep. on this record is fantastic. We didn't really talk about the production as much on, on Strange Desire, but I think it's worth mentioning here that it's just, the album sounds great. I mean, it sounds expensive. I don't know if it was. I don't know how much time it took him to do, but it does sound fantastic. Like you really feel like you're right there with them. I think hearing these songs live, and the harmonies between the three of them, and one of the mo- one of the reasons I'm most bummed that that Joey's no longer in the yes. band is the the three of them and the harmonies that they would create are just fantastic. And while the two of them are great and we'd actually, I think we did see a show with, with just the two of them and then their, um, their kind of session musician that, that tours with them now, um, still awesome, but just not the same exact yes. feel. He can't, yep. he can't do the harmonies in this, or he doesn't do the harmonies in the same way that, um, yep. that Joey did. And yes, I completely agree. There's a song that we will talk about that has a musical moment that just, hits you in the gut with the harmony and it's just not, it's not quite the same um, live and that's okay. You know, nothing stays, stays with you forever, but this was a special time I think with the band. And um, I feel lucky that I was able to see them so many times with that original lineup and touring with this record in particular, because these songs are just so good. And you're exactly right to talk about the harmonies because they're pretty much all three of them are singing on every song, you know, some doing backup and some switching off and whatever, but it's just fantastic. Yep, and then uh, I think one note I want to make on the on the songwriting of his. Um, one quote that I saw from from an article I was reading was, um, Andrew says, "I sort of see songwriting as somewhere between a kind of therapy and an exploration of different uh, of different things." So I think it, it's, I think that's one reason of the subject matter. It's just his way of getting. Um, I think like along a lot of songwriters, but. Um, it's his way of just releasing his feelings and, um, yeah, exploring his different thoughts and, 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 you know, life and growing up and all that. Um, so it's a way to, for him to process it. And yeah, it just comes out very, very beautifully, I think. In, Agreed. In yeah. That, that's, that's very well put by him. I think I definitely get that vibe. Um, cause he seems like, I don't know the guy, obviously. I mean, we've had our picture taken with him, but I don't know him. But I mean, he definitely <laughs> seems like, seems like a guy who's dealt with some stuff in his life. Um, yeah. and is he's the way he kind of, he's kind of hunched over on stage and just like he pours everything out into, um, the music that they play and the music they write. Um, it's, it's, they put their heart and soul into it. And I think 
it's not to say that mainstream, more mainstream bands or bigger bands like Mumford or whomever don't do that, but there's something so honest about seeing a band like Bears Den in a place like the Triple Rock, for example, which sadly is now closed, but that was the venue that I saw them at twice. I'm pretty sure, if not three times, I can't remember. Um, a very, a pretty small venue here in the Twin Cities. It's, there's this intimate connection with them that, yep. that you get, sure. which is fantastic. For sure. And another quote I saw from them is that, uh, they, they always were a live band. Like they, they always, um, they've kind of, uh, grown up, I guess, with their, their time together as, as a live band. So, um, a lot of the songs on this album actually, or sort of blueprints that they would play at. They had been playing at shows for a few years and never had never recorded or anything. They just were exploring different things as, as they were playing live sets. And then finally they, they all came together and, um, or all the songs came together, I should say. And they, they, you know, um, recorded them and recorded them nicely and, and put them all in one place. So I think that's another reason why their, the album sound translates so well to their, their live song because that's that's how the songs were born ah sure that's actually a really good point and i wouldn't have thought about it that way but i think yeah I, some bands don't work out that way like they're more studio oriented sure. or you know they didn't have to play a lot of shows before they maybe got signed to a record contract i know augustana was a band like that actually with that they got signed very young and they just kind of made records and then they eventually they toured on them um, yeah this was totally different for bears Den. And yep. uh, speaking of Bears on Touring, by the way, for people that have Netflix, um, they are in the documentary Austin to Boston, oh. which is um, it, it's about a tour that they were on in, I think it was 2012 across the U.S. Um, with uh, the Staves, who have gotten a lot bigger now. They're fantastic. I've seen them a few times. Ben Howard and Nathaniel Rateliff. Um, it's it's worth watching, if only to see um, the Bears Den, <laughs> you know, touring back as more of a trio back then, as as we mentioned, the three original members. So it's pretty cool. Very cool. Um, anything else that you want to mention before we get into the, to the top songs? If you can't tell, I I love this band. So <laughs> no, I, don't, <laughs> I don't I don't think so. I think that's All about right, it. I think I I have one more note before we get into the songs. Sure. Uh, Joey Haynes, who we mentioned, is no longer in the band. Uh, for those of you listening that are not familiar with bears den not familiar with with uh what the members look like i would ask you to look up look up the band and specifically look up joey haynes uh i think joey and chris pratt are long lost twins Ooh, i could see that they were separated at birth. i could totally see that if yep. chris pratt grew a beard especially if chris pratt uh yeah and i think he does and uh maybe, maybe he doesn't i know whatever <laughs> Anyway, that's my last thought. Random okay. thought. That's my that's my uh, Jack dating Scarlett Johansson thought for the Bears Den podcast. <laughs> Sounds great. <laughs> All right. Well, without further ado, then I think I'll we'll get into the songs. Actually, uh, I have one more random thing oh, that I want to no. throw out. Okay. Sorry, one more to to interrupt your flow. They are okay. the first band I saw that embraced or maybe i don't think they started it but that i saw that embraced and did the um now relatively common phenomenon of coming out into the audience to perform a few songs acoustic um they did it and it just blew my freaking mind because it was so awesome with their three harmonies um and just their acoustic instruments just playing in the middle of the crowd I, it was just outstanding and i've seen other bands not do it since but they were the first one that i saw personally that had done it so i thought that was pretty cool and I believe at one of them they came out and oh no that might be another band shoot never mind scratch it delete it from the podcast 
Never, never would I ever. I, think that was, I, I was about to say it was a Bearson show, but I think it was Good Old good War. Good War, yeah. Where they came out and you're like, hey, can you play the song? They're like, uh, yeah, sure, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, that that is exactly what happened. And, you know, maybe we will talk about one of those records at some point in the future. You know, that, that would be good. But, I, but be- I digress. Yeah. So sorry to interrupt you as you were just going to go into your picks, but I just had to throw out that, throw that out there. No, you're, you're totally fine. Um, so this is another one. I'm just looking over my top list again. I don't know if I'd exactly say that this is, it's not an album order. I can say that, but I, uh, it's kind of loosely in my current, my current favorite list. So I would say I'll go through it in order, but anyway. Um, and as I'm talking through these, I'm going to, I, I'm going to pull a little, uh, thoughts. I found a great article on a site called clash music and, uh, it was before the album came out. So it was this kind of this premiere, um, or preview debut album of, uh, um, of the record and they go song by song in the, um, I don't know if it's just Andrew Davey or if it's um, all three of them, but they go through song song by song and explain kind of the um, how the song came to be, what it means to them, um, not necessarily what it, what it will mean to you when you listen. So I think there is a quote. I don't know if it's this album or this article or a different article, but he does mention how um, he he talks about a couple different writers and he loves how, that their work. Um, leaves room for interpretation. So it, it allows the listener yeah. to have their own individual relationship with the song. So it's something that he values. Um, but he kind of gives his thoughts and, and how they were born. So uh, without further ado, my top song is Elysium. Ah, good pick. The first song I ever heard from Bear's Den. And it's a fanta- fantastic one. So a lot of things going on with this song, a lot, a lot of different meanings I think you can, you can take from it. Um, but the, the one quick story, and, and back to this may not be music that you would uh, pick up people at a show or bar at or bar with. Um, so the thought from Andrew was, uh, he writes, I wrote Elysium a while ago, and it's almost word for word taken from conversations with friends and my stepbrother about religion. My stepbrother is a really funny guy, and I always used to play him uh, my new song so he could tell me if they were terrible or not. He was at university when I had written this song. And I sent it to him to see if he thought it was any good. He played it to a girl one night and told her it was written about him. The next day he called me and told me I was a genius as my new song had helped him get lucky. <laughs> <laughs> I had never heard that story before. <laughs> so I thought that was kind of a, uh, kind of a funny story, uh, especially when you listen to the song and, and take your own meaning from it. But, um, it's kind of a downer of a song if you interpret it a certain way. Um, uh, I would say it's a song about growing up, losing innocence, um, and like trying to reconcile uh, growing up with the um, the grander scheme of you know who we are, what we're doing here, all that. Um, so I don't know if you've got any uh, specific thoughts. I think my I guess more thought on on that is um, the video. So I think listening to the song, um, trying to interpret the lyrics there. And then watching the video, I think I got a different, um, it's a lot more serious if you watch the video. Yeah. Um, the, I forget his name, but the director producer of that video thought it'd be a great idea to, since the song was about, um, you know, growing up, losing that innocence, like I said, um, he thought the, it would be a good idea to tape 
his uh, his little brother was at college, so he was going to go tape him and his friends, um, you know, during their think, freshman or sophomore year of college, just doing things that they do and, and all that. But the time he was there recording, there was a campus shooting, and his uh, the small group of friends that they were focusing the video on, they actually lost one of their friends that lived uh, down the hall. So he not only got you know, some kind of generic, um, you know, growing up and all that kind of footage, but it was, it was this whole different, more serious layer of them trying to come to grips with losing a friend and what that meant and, and how to process all of that. So, um, yeah, definitely a a deep song. I think you can take uh, a lot of different things from it, but, um, Great song musically, great song lyrically. So I don't know if you have any any other thoughts. Well, very well said and summarized. Um, you had said that I am like an onion and that I have many layers, which is <laughs> I think is a huge compliment. Um, I'm not sure it's actually true, but I would say that this song is definitely the onion of the record because yeah. it's really interesting that you, you described it as a downer. And I guess, yeah, it kind of is in some ways because the song starts by asking brother, do you believe in an afterlife where our souls will both collide in some great Elysium way up in the sky? And it, it kind of sounds maybe a little dismissive. Like this, this sounds kind of fanciful. Um, and the writer is confessing that he's never felt so enlightened with every page I turn, but yet he feels himself feeling more alone. Like as he learns more, he feels more alone. Like he feels like he, he's getting answers, but he's actually not. And he's, He's kind of losing, um, I don't know if it was a sense of maybe that ignorance was a good thing previously, right? Like you didn't know. So you were able to think that there was this, this religious being or whatever out there that was going to take care of everything and make everything fine. But then the song kind of takes a turn where he says, well, brother, don't grow up. Please don't grow up. Hold out against the night. Guard your hope with your life for the darkness. She will come and then you will have nowhere left to run but your eyes are wider than mine and help me to sleep. I just hope that age does not erase all that you see. So basically he's saying like, hold on to that part of your youth and your innocence that, that keeps you hopeful going forward. Don't become older and jaded and embittered like me, Um, whatever you believe. Like that's, that's kind of, it's almost like that gets set aside a little bit and it's more about just being hopeful and, and youthful in that way. Maybe even though the world is a dark place in many ways, there's still maybe a way to, to retain your innocence and, and, and hope again, I keep using that word. Yeah. And then, and then also the line, uh, don't let bitterness become you. Your only hopes yes. are all in you. Yes, exactly. Yeah. You know, don't, don't lose that sense of innocence. I guess that's where I'm using, but don't, don't lose that hope that whatever, as you grow older and yeah embittered i think is what you said and the song ends with the line again hold out against the night guard your hope with your life which is a beautiful couplet i think and you mentioned that video and that was actually what uh, the guy's name was scott what he had told me about he said yeah you got to check this band out i heard of them and this video it's a crazy story you should look into it and it is it's just awful what a horrible tragedy and you know gun violence is such a a prevalent thing now and you get so much more attention and there's all these mass shootings and uh this the video kind of captures a lot of footage from the the aftermath of this shooting and how awful it was. And the song, you know, you said it's not just lyrical, the song musically, it is a gorgeous song with a kind of a really quiet acoustic 
sung opening. Brother, do you believe in an afterlife where our souls will both collide in some great Elysium way up in the sky? And then the chorus hits with this beautiful horn melody. Describe it is not to do it justice because being live and hearing this for the first time and then with the, the toms on the drums hitting at the same time too, it's an almost religious experience. Seriously. Like I, I vividly remember the first time I saw them live and saw them. I think they opened with this song and I got the chills. Like I was sitting there yep. out in the crowd, standing there watching them and I'm hearing this. I think the French horn is what they use for, for the song and the part. And it's, it's just actually no. It's a different kind of think, horn. It's not a it's trumpet, trumpet, isn't it? It's not it's, a trumpet. It's the it's the trumpet that has the curls on it. <laughs> I sound like such uh, a moron right now, but I I was friends with band geeks, but I wasn't. Horn? Uh, yes, I think that that is what it was. Yeah. Um, I think that might be it. I think you're right. Yep. Um, let me look at a picture quick. Yes, it's a flugelhorn. Totally nice job. Oh, uh, awesome. And so they tour with a guy who is a multi-instrumentalist as well, who, who will play the horn on songs like this. And yeah, it's, it just takes you into the song and the lyrics and this idea of hope and fighting against ignorance and darkness. And sorry, I, I think I used the word ignorance earlier as a, a goal, maybe. And I should, should tweak that a little bit that I think it's about not being ignorant, but while still retaining hope, maybe. So it's, is there a way to grow up and keep learning about the world, but still retain that, that sense of innocence? I don't know. It's obviously it's a complicated song because I'm wrestling with it out loud with you right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But great pick. Fantastic. Yep. So I think, uh, so I, I, you mentioned the, the musical moment. I think it's at the, I, I haven't noted as the 134 mark. Okay. Uh, but yeah, that's where that, that horn hits. And it's just, if you, if you can't see him live or if you're listening to this before you see him live, uh, I would urge you to just put on your, the best pair of headphones you have and just sit back, close your eyes and just listen to this whole song. And 
like I said, when that when that note that first horn note hits, it's just it's so it just takes over. It's so awesome. Yeah, it's, it's a musical it, moment and musical moment. Yes, it is. It's yeah. a great way of putting it. It's such a simple melody too. It's not yeah. anything complicated. And I think coupled with it is the fact that um, the drums are hitting so hard at that point too, because they're just, yep. just bam yep. right into it with it's drums, it's trumpet, flugelhorn, whatever um, at the same time. And it, you just feel the power of the song and the message. It's, it's just, it's hope. It's hope in musical form. And I will say at the end of 2017, we need more of that in the world um, versus the darkness and, and the negativity and being jaded and pissed and mad and stuff. And, I'd say put on put on a Bear's Den song and and maybe it might make you feel a little bit better for a little bit. Um, I would say so. Yeah, not to get political or anything, right? <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, I think we'll, we can move on. I think that, that is the most we've ever talked about one song before, John. <laughs> I think it is, but you know, if we had to do about any song, I think that that's the that's the song to do it at least up to this point. Agreed. So. And maybe one other note I should mention. This, yeah. uh, this song actually goes back beyond or before Bear's Den, and it was a song that the lead singer and songwriter Andrew had written and done solo. And I think you can find a version uh, by him on YouTube, which I can link in the show notes. Oh, nice. Okay. So it's kind of interesting. So, yeah. All righty. Well, my number two song I have down is Above the Clouds of Pompeii. Oh, another favorite. Another favorite, another beautiful song, musically and lyrically. Uh, so much so, uh, or I should say, not only Eric and I think that, but the British Academy of Songwriters, I believe is the group, um, also thinks so. As Bears Den was, was nominated, I didn't actually know this until I was researching this album more uh, for this podcast. They were nominated for the Ivor Novella Award. Novello Award. Oh, best, okay. Best song musically and lyrically in 2015. Wow. Okay. Song. So, uh, I think my one note that I pulled from an article, which is kind of funny with, with that note that it was, it was nominated for best song musically and lyrically. Uh, Andrew noted, Andrew noted that this was one of the first songs that he wrote where he never actually wrote it down. Oh, he wrote, he says he wrote it in his head over the course of a month. And that process removed a lot of the pressure of staring at a blank page, which I used to do a lot. I played it to Kevin Joey in the back uh, of a van on our first tour, and, and uh, we've played it, been playing it ever since. That is so really I, interesting. I, yeah, it's kind of a, it was yeah, just born out of this idea, and, and it just stuck with him so so well that he never actually had to write it down. I think that's um, yeah, to not only do that but do that and make a, such a such a beautiful song. I think is is amazing. Yeah, and it's it is an incredibly intricate song uh, from a lyrical perspective, and I think it's a very simple song from a melodic perspective. Kind of like a, I, I'm actually proud of myself for coming up with this this idea of adult nursery rhymes because I think there's just this like repetitive circular way that their melodies work that is totally present on this song. So it, you can pretty much sing it the second time you hear it, which isn't a bad thing at all. It's actually fantastic. I think. No, not at all. Yep. You took me walking through the town, showed me the statues underground. Said just don't they look at peace? Sometimes I wish that was me. And I was the son you always had, tugging at your coat while you were sad. I was the son you always had. Yeah, I was the son you always had. 
head up high, she would want you to, she would want you to, please just don't cry, hold your head up high, she would want you to, she would want you to. So yeah, did you want to talk about the lyrics at all, or I have them up in front of me too? But yeah, I was just I was just pulling them up. Um, I don't know if you have anything specific, but um, uh, let me pull up. Let's see. We built her home out on the slopes, Pompeii beneath. She lay above. How she haunted her home. How she haunted our home. You were a god in my eyes, above the clouds, above the skies. You were a god in my eyes. You were a god. Um. What was the other? See, I guess do you have, do you have anything on the, on the first part of the song until I? Or, so I think the. It's well, I think it's mid, about this trip that they took song. to Pompeii. With, he was with his father, um, and I think Correct. he comes yep. from a broken home. So I'm I'm not sure yep. if the song is about death or about divorce, but I think there's something in there about being a kid and seeing your dad a certain way. But there's this sadness there too. Um, you know, maybe about not being with him all the time. Um, I, I don't know. It's it's hard to tell exactly, but there is a lot of sadness in this song, as there is a lot of their songs, of course. Yeah, so I actually did see a note that he said, um, or like you said, uh, he notes, my dad and I went to it on a trip to Pompeii together when I was a kid, and made it and it made a really big impression on me. Uh, it's a deeply personal song to me and to other people as well, so t- talking about it too much will only ruin all, uh, people's own interpretation. <laughs> Classic songwriter trick. Oh, I can't exactly tell you right. what it's about because that would ruin it. <laughs> but we want to know. We want to know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think, I mean, I think it's him, him dealing with death or dealing with, with loss. Um, and I guess both he and his dad, at least in, in the, the story, the song is, is telling, um, they're both dealing with, with a loss. I'm guessing with the wife and, and mom, but, uh, and how the, the dad's processing it. And I guess the line that I want to pull out and my computer's acting up, of course. Um, I was a son you always had tugging at your coat when you were sad. I was a son you always had, uh, don't cry, hold your head up high. She would want you to. She would want you to. You said stay in the car and wait. There's just some things I have to say, assuming that they're, I'm guessing they're at the, the cemetery. Uh, don't you know I miss her too? I miss her just as much as you. So, uh, you know, the dad's processing this this death or loss and maybe being dismissive of the son or, or not um, just kind of assuming that the, the son or songwriter, um, in this case, uh isn't processing that or isn't feeling that the same way, but you know, he's, he's yearning to, to say goodbye and to process these feelings as well. Um, so I don't know if you have any other, any other takes. Well, I don't think so about the lyrics in particular, but that chorus is probably their most anthemic that they've written. Um, it's not yeah. an especially bombastic song, but it's somehow with the melody and the chorus, which you quoted, which is the don't cry, hold your head up high. She would want you to, she would want you to. It's that again, nursery rhyme type of thing. It, it just circles around you and just envelops you. And especially when you're there live, um, and seeing them, cause they really are such a strong live band. You, you feel like the whole, uh, crowd is singing along with you and feeling this as well. 
And then at the very end, uh, we got more flugelhorn kicking in with, with just a beautiful <laughs> closing melody, which is fantastic. I don't have a lot more to say other than it's a, just an amazing song. Yeah, and they just have a knack for for putting, um, you know, back to the simple lyrics and everything. They, they just put the the emphasis on the right. Yeah, totally. Uh, on the right word every single time, and just yeah, it just sticks with you, and and it's so easy to recall and 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 sing along with even after a couple of listens. So, yes, well put. That only helps you, I think, process the the song in whatever way um, that you would like. Good pick. Cool. Thanks, man. Uh, number three I have is uh, Bad Blood. Oh, yeah. Bad and Blood. We are, we are still talking about islands. We're not talking about 1989. But baby, now we got bad blood. Oh, no, okay. Sorry. Because yeah. <laughs> baby, now we got bad blood. Yeah, we're not talking about Taylor Swift. We maybe maybe we'll touch on some Taylor later in the in in some podcast, but Ooh, maybe podcast series. But uh, no, this one is uh, Bear's Den's Blood, Bad Blood, and this is the closer to the album and a fantastic closer at that. Sure is. Like to pick. <laughs> um, so my notes I have is it's perfect closer of the album. Trails off uh, very nicely. Um, just like our last pick of, um, oh gosh, I can't remember the name of the, of the song now, but the, Who I want you to love. Yes. And, uh, with strange De- uh, desire. Um, so I believe this is one of the songs that they played an acoustic version. Yes. In the, the crowd at, uh, don't tell me what venue was that, that you and I saw Matt. The fine line. Fine line. Yes, you did tell me. Okay. I told you not to. But we also went to, sorry. <laughs> we also went and saw the Triple Rock, though, as well, right? Yes. I believe Fine Line was just you and I, and then uh, Triple Rock was uh, us two and your wife. And, yes. And your two friends, I think, right? The two yes. friends, the friend that, that introduced you to, to Bearstown. I think so. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So that was an awesome show. Um, and I think, so my other note on this song is that. The way it's recorded, I think it's really, uh, it's a very well-produced album, like you said, but it's got this raw feeling to it where if you're listening with some headphones and um, and just concentrating on the song, I think it, you still get that raw feeling and you, I, I can almost just put myself back at the fine line and listening to them in a dead quiet room just playing the song with their three instruments except for that annoying buzzing that comes from the pa system at the fine line but (laughs) because the yeah yeah exactly because it's not tuned to their the size of their venue who even knows what the deal is there but yeah Yeah. (laughs) aside from that i yes it takes me back to (laughs) forgive me for i am not acting myself but these bees in my breath have to come out 
Will you give me no reason to doubt your word? But I still somehow still have my reason. And I'm sorry, I don't mean to scare you at all. I'm just trying to drain all this bad blood, all this bad blood on my bad blood. Uh, yeah. Any other? I guess. Um, musical well, moment. Yeah, musical moment. Yes, musical moment. Yep. Oh, yes. This is the one that we mentioned earlier that um, with the three, the three of them uh, singing harmony. So I've got it down as a three thirty six mark. Sure. Yep. I think that's and right. I believe it's a it's a repeated line from before, but uh, they bounce it up an octave uh, for the last trip through through that chorus. So. Yeah, I, I think um, we're maybe talking about the same thing. The part that I that think I think so. stands out is that um, the chorus continues as usual with the lead singer singing all that bad blood. But then Joey, uh, the the banjo player, who as we said is no longer in the band, takes the line up. So it's just him in yeah, the background. Yeah, that's exactly the one I'm talking yep. about. Yep, and I'll, I will definitely put a clip in and not try to do it on the podcast because I'll just embarrass myself. But uh, it is, it it's just a perfect end of the record, and something about the way they do it puts in that emotional punch of the song because the song is a depressing freaking song. I mean, it it's I think about uh, a relationship, maybe not a good relationship that has ended. Um, I mean, it starts with well, sever the ties, cut me out, fill up the hole that I tied, tried, and I tried, and I tried to fill. But I'll lie, I'll lie at will just to keep your feet off the floor and to keep my wolves from your door. Um, forgive me for I'm not acting myself for these bees in my breath have to come out. Well, you give me no reason to doubt your word, but I still somehow have my reasons. I'm sorry. I don't mean to scare you at all. I'm just trying to drain all this bad blood, all this bad blood, all this bad blood. So there's just these horrible feelings that you have at the end of a relationship and you just don't like yep. each other anymore and just trying to get rid of it and just, just, just drain it out of your body like blood i think it's a great metaphor actually uh for that feeling that i think we're all familiar with so yeah yep, it's sure he, and he actually notes he um you know i think in that same article that i mentioned he says i'd come out of a relationship at that time uh and i put a lot of a lot of my thoughts and fears to bed when i wrote this song it's kind of a goodbye and i'm sorry and then he notes that the closing lyrics were originally the chorus but now they're that final afterthought that you mentioned yeah so just kind of, yeah so. gotcha Pretty awesome. It is a great song, great closer, musical moment, as you said, uh, is right there. Definitely one of my favorites on the album. Cool, cool. Uh, number four of my five plus an honorable mention is Egg Pay. Great song. You're so good at picking these, John. <laughs> like, like with Strange Desire, I feel like we have a lot in common so far. Yes. So this is the opener of the album and a perfect opener at that. Um, Davy is it? Uh, yeah, Davy. I was about to say Davies, but I think Davey. he goes by Davy. His first name is Andrew, technically, but I think he goes by Davy because it's Andrew Davy. Yep. I was. I just want to make sure it was Davy and not Davies. But 
uh, yeah, uh, he mentions that agape to me is about being open with people and not hiding anything from the people you care about. As a word, uh, strange as it sounds, agape to me sounds like a book opening, and we were looking for a song that had that kind of feel to it for this first song on the album. So I thought that was a cool note that um, you know, the songwriter's not only thinking about writing good songs, but also uh, ordering them in, in a fashion that they are um, they are starting the record how they want to start, um, and you know, to I guess best pull in the in the listener to the to the rest of the album. Sure, which this one totally does, uh, definitely another sure. great start to the record, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I had never heard the word before, actually. I didn't even know what it was. And I see there are a couple different definitions, but it basically, it sounds like there's a a Christian meaning of it, which is just Christian love, especially as distinct from erotic love or emotional affection. But then also the idea of the mouth being wide open, uh, especially the surprise or wonder, which is just a gape. So like, it's really interesting that the word is spelled the same. I mean, they're technically two different meanings, but I kind of wonder if one came from the other, um, that maybe your mouth would be a gape. If I, I don't know, it's it, it's just a weird connection, I guess. Yeah, because I don't, I only known the latter that you mentioned there. Yeah, exactly. So Your mouth is agape or whatever. And yeah, like, agape. So first, what the hell is that? Exactly. When I first uh, thought that was a weird song title, but then I put it on and they started saying agape. I was like, agape. Is that how it's really pronounced? And then it's just yeah, this whole other meaning that I ne- never knew about. Uh, it's a great. Like as far as Bear's End songs go, it's kind of a barn burner. Like it's got um, some pretty up tempo. I shouldn't say up tempo because it's not a fast song. Um, a little bit stronger on the drums, and it's more of a rock song. Really, it's it's got like a little banjo riff at the beginning, which we'll definitely play a little bit of. It's got a pretty anthemic chorus again, as far as Bears Den songs go. Yeah, I think very well put. Those are my, my brief thoughts on it. Any, okay. Anything else from you? Yeah, I don't think I have a lot other than just mentioning that they did have a, an EP previously called Agape that had the song on a different version. Um, and I think that they improved on it with this record. Uh, there were a few other songs that uh, appeared on, on later later things. One of them was Isaac, which is another song on, on Islands. So if you want to check that out, that's from 2013. And that's on Spotify. Cool. Great thought. Um, number five, and my last for my top picks is Think of England. Ah, good song. Think of England. 
as much as you used to On the same old, same old And all those fires that died in our bedroom I was out fetching wood Thanks, man. Uh, my one note, or the, the biggest note on this song and reading how it came about, uh, kind of a funny story. So apparently he was, um, Andrew was playing this game uh, with some friend, uh, uh, two friends, I believe it says, where they have to write a song and record it in an hour. Um, so he was doing it with two friends from other bands. And the subject matter this particular night that they were doing it was England. So just before um, just before he started that round, his friend said, "You better hurry up and start thinking of England, mate." <laughs> which was which was pretty funny in itself, but ended up inspiring the song. He says so. Um, yeah, kind of a funny way that the song is born, but um, yeah, kind of a I don't know if I really call it a sad song, but um, I'd I say it is. I think about, I... yeah, a song about innocence or lost innocence and looking back is biggest thing is looking back on a life that once was, I think is, is the note that I, that I have. Um, so and I think it goes, goes back again to his message about leaving the songs open for interpretation. But, um, yeah, I think it's just kind of longing for, for a younger time, a more innocent time. Um, all life that that once was is what I, you know, what I said before, but I think that's the, that's the perfect way I can sum it up. Okay. Well, I actually have a very different interpretation because of the phrase, think of England, and this might be news to you then. So I'm going to have to, as I often do, unfortunately, shatter your innocence. (laughs) So that the phrase actually is describing unwanted sexual intercourse (laughs) and basically closing your eyes and doing it for the greater good. Um, I'm looking it up right now just to make sure I'm not crazy, and I'm not, apparently. Are you serious? The origin, yeah. Um, recorded in the 1912 Journal of Lady Hillingdon. When I hear his steps outside my door, I lie down on my bed, open my legs, and think of England. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, so I, I guess I took the song as being an end of a relationship <laughs> song again. I know you you sound shattered right now, John. This is this is great, actually. This is good. Uh, my brain. I know. So I think the song is about the end of a relationship and he's wondering, you know, she clearly doesn't have the same feelings for him anymore. And he's asking, will you just lie back and think of England? Um, learning to feign your feelings. And as he says, you know, I tried my best to love you, to bear all your pride, but you shook all the habits I gave you as you shake off the snow in your stride. And then he goes back, do you lie back and think of England? So, huh. and he specifically says in the song too, um, I'm the same old, I'm the same old. And all those fires that died in our bedroom, I was out fetching uh-huh. wood. So it's like he was trying to build, build it back up. But yeah. yeah. So is your brain still broken? Whew. Yeah. I'm going to have to listen to the song again. I'm no longer the person I once was. You shattered my, my world. <laughs> Which is true probably as well before you first heard Bear's Den. <laughs> That's true. 
and I said it about Strange Desire, by the way, and I'll say it again. I think this is another album that I would say has changed my life in various ways and yeah. has, I think, maybe just think differently about some stuff. And um, I, I am forever grateful to the band for that. So, yeah, just to throw that out because I thought of it. It's cool. a great song. Great song. Uh, so that's the end of my top songs. My one honorable mention is Isaac. I don't know if you agree with that or not. A great song as well. Yeah. What, why did you pick this one? Um, I thought this one had a, had a neat, um, story behind it as well. And I, I guess that's kind of a theme with all my, all my top ones. But, um, so I guess there's a biblical story, um, about the binding of Isaac. Yeah. And, uh, I'm just going to kind of get a quick synopsis of this. Um, so God asks Abraham to sacrifice his son, Isaac. Uh, Abraham begins to comply when a messenger from God interrupts him. Abraham then sees a ram and sacrifices it instead. Um, so Abraham was, was called to sacrifice his son, Isaac. Um, so he was nearly sacrificed, but then ends up not being sacrificed. So, um, I guess there was a, a, let me get it up here. Wilfred Owen, who I've never heard of. There was a, there's some poetry by Wilfred Owen that, uh, Andrew Davey was reading that related this story, um, to war. So after he read that and really thought about the story, he found the whole thing confusing. So he figured he would write a song about it. And the song basically tells this story of the binding of Isaac from the perspective of, uh, Isaac's friend or what would have been Isaac's friend. So okay. I thought that was kind of a, um, a neat interpretation of it, or I guess how, how it came about, um, just kind of being confused at this whole, um, poem or story or whatever, and just trying to, uh, reconcile his thoughts, I guess, or process his thoughts through writing a song about it. Yeah. And it seems like there's a connection again to his father here. And I'm Correct. not sure if it's yep. just the story of Isaac. It seems to be more than that. And it seems to be personally related to his own experiences. And I think the lines in, in the song that hit me in particular are, um, the lines, Isaac, will you never learn that a father's love must be earned or your mother need not learn how to love you. Um, and this idea, I guess, that it's, and I think this is probably true for many people, um, especially in our culture, that fathers and sons don't naturally have a bond always, um, because maybe this, this idea is that fathers, when their men are not capable of showing love or not supposed to show love in the same way that a mother can or does. So this, the son then, just as how it turns out, just doesn't feel that natural love as much because it isn't expressed in the same way, which I think is a really powerful idea. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think the song also contains one of the best live moments of Bear's Den is the the repeated refrain at the end, I'm going to give all my love to you, which when you've got, you know, a few hundred people all basically whisper singing this part, which, you know, we'll put a (laughs) clip in is just awesome. Like it's, It, again, it's a, it's a giving you the, the tingles kind of moment. You know, you're yep. just feeling connected and one with all these people that are there to experience the same beautiful art is amazing. And it's one of the reasons I love live music so much. And 
I'm, I've really started going to shows again over the last few years and I'm so glad I have. And I think Bears Down is one of the reasons for that because it's kind of reignited my, my passion for music. So yeah, this is a great song that exemplifies that, I think. I'm gonna give all my love to you. I'm gonna give all my love to gonna give all my love to you very good well, those are six six of the, what, ten songs? Yeah. So, do you have any others that, I guess, well, do you want to revisit any of these? Well, do you have any least favorite songs? Oh, gosh, I don't even know if I, I don't even think I got to that part. Okay, um, hey, that's, that's okay, you don't the, have to have any. Oh, I gotta pick one. Let's see. Ooh, I don't have one. Stubborn Beast, maybe? Okay. That's not one of my favorites as well. I agree. Yeah, I would say. I don't. I'm just looking at all the songs. I don't think I've ever sought that one out. Right. You know, they. I can listen to the whole album through, no problem. But, um, you know, I'll definitely just skip right to Elysium if I'm. If I, I don't think I've ever just sought out Stubborn Beast. So, so I would say that's my least favorite. Okay. But it's hard to pick because they're all good. So, you know, my picks, uh, you asked yes. me in our Strange Desire episode if I hacked your computer. So I have to ask you, John, did you hack <laughs> my computer? Because my picks are Agape, Above the Clouds of Pompeii, Elysium, Bad Blood, and Think of England with an honorable oh, mention of Isaac. I love it. We picked the exact same songs. <laughs> That's a first. I, I think it is a first. We were Get, close on Strange Desire, but I didn't. I didn't have Wild Heart. Right, right. Uh, so it was a little different. Uh-huh. We have managed to unite and join together in a fiery display of passion for Bears Den. So yeah, I, I honestly, I should I, have I, a giveaway for our listeners every time we do that for all the dozens and dozens of listeners yeah. that we email have. us at. Well, I guess we don't have an email inbox. <laughs> we t- we don't. You can tweet at me if if you tweet at me tweet about this episode, I'll give you a prize of some kind. <laughs> uh so yeah i i talked plenty during your picks um but don't have a lot more to say i think uh sorry go ahead i was just agreeing with you oh yeah it's uh, we we've have discussed this album at 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 length um and i think i sensed where your picks were going so i figured i better just talk about my feelings as well uh during the same time so yeah i i really don't have a lot more to say about the record of these songs other than um I think most people, unless you really can't handle music that has a little bit of sadness to it, which I know some people can't like I've, I've heard from multiple people that it's just, it is too sad uh, for them. They like stuff that's more upbeat. That's totally fine. But if you can handle music that is maybe a little bit um, depressing at times, but also uplifting simultaneously, which I think bears then is highly recommend you check out this record. I wholeheartedly agree. So I think that's about all I have to say, John, do you have any other final thoughts? I don't think so. I think, like I said, I think we, we covered this pretty well. Um, and I hope, uh, I hope everyone checks it out or at least gives it a, gives it an honest try. <laughs> Definitely. Well, thanks for your time, John, as always. Thanks, man. We'll talk to you later. Yep.